Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cells and Circuits podcast. I am your host, Chibeze Anakor, and on this episode, we'll be talking about Apple's transition from Intel to Apple Silicon and Macs. Then after that, we'll get into Sony considering mature theatrical animation. And then after that, we'll also get into YouTube TV's price increase and its effect on the TV industry. And as a bonus, we'll be having a Q&A with Aya and Daria of the DNT podcast. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Alright, so first up, we'll be talking about Apple's transition from Intel to Apple Silicon in Macs. So, for those of you who don't know, Apple is going to be transitioning their Mac lineup from Intel processors to their own in-house Apple Silicon processors. And we've seen Apple's processors in the iPhones, the iPads, the Apple TVs, the Apple Watches, the AirPods, etc. throughout the past decade or so. And so they haven't put them in the Macs yet. But now they are going to be doing that. And so I'm just give a bit of history about this decision. So Apple previously transitioned from PowerPC to Intel in their Macs in the mid-2000s. Because of that transition, we were able to get much thinner MacBooks, and that in turn shaped the future of Windows laptops. Now Windows laptops and even Chromebooks as well are thin and light and portable and they have a lot of power in them. So as I said earlier, they've been getting really good at developing chips for all of their other devices that aren't Macs. And so with all of that experience, now they feel that this is the time to put their own chips in their own computers. And it makes sense that they would do that because now they wouldn't have to wait on Intel to provide them with better chipsets and they're not beholden to Intel's release cycle. Now they can just release whatever computer that they want whenever they want because Apple will control the experience top to bottom just like they do with the iPhones, the iPads, the Apple Watches, the Apple TVs, etc. And so, yeah, I mean, this is good for Apple. Er, and as we saw with the transition from PowerPC to Intel, this could mean new things for future Macs. So the first up is new designs for Macs. And so, like I said earlier, as Apple transitioned from PowerPC to Intel in their Macs, um, that gave way for new designs of new computers to be made, starting with the Apple MacBook Air 
and that computer pioneered the the shift to thin and light and powerful computers that we call ultrabooks today so i think that with apple silicon in max um we could see newer more futuristic and you know sleeker designs for new max and as the industry usually copies apple in whatever they do um, if they come up with a new design for the max windows computers will probably follow suit chromebooks maybe may follow suit linux computers because there are manufacturers that make them will follow suit and so that is kind of a win for everyone in the industry because then everyone will benefit from sleeker, more efficient computer designs. And another thing that this means for future Macs is app consistency across all of Apple's operating systems. So we're talking about iOS, iPad OS, watch os tv os mac os all of those operating systems will consist of a singular architecture which is the arm architecture as opposed to most of them having arm and then just the Macs having x86 this means that apps that can run on ios and ipad os can work on macs now and Theoretically, now I don't know if this may be true or not, but also the reverse may be possible. Maybe we could see desktop apps or traditional desktop apps like Final Cut Pro, which is a Mac exclusive app, work on things like iPads. Maybe we can even see a stripped down iPhone version of it at some point so that people can edit videos on their phones if they wanted to. I don't know why you would do that unless you were connected to a keyboard and an external monitor, but other than that, I, I don't know why you would edit video on your phone unless it's something super basic. But anyway, this means some really good things about Apple's app consistency across all of their operating systems. And it also means that the transition from Intel to Apple Silicon also means that we can expect things like better battery life for Macs, because Macs already don't use that much power compared to their Windows counterparts. And so with Apple Silicon in their Macs, they could get even more power out of their Macs that, you know, surpasses their Intel counterparts and also provides things like faster performance and even dedicated GPU performance. So it can enable things like gaming, which you know, hasn't really been that great on the Mac for quite some time. And now the big question, which is, should you buy an Intel Mac now or wait for an Apple Silicon Mac later? And I would say that if you are desperately hurting for a new Mac, so 
for example, if your computer just broke and you know you need one now, I would get an Intel Mac and enjoy the hell out of it for the next few years because Apple has said that they will continue to support Intel Macs for the next few years. And they even have some new Intel Macs coming down the pipeline and that the transition from Intel to Apple Silicon will take a total of two years. So by the end of 2022, we'll see all of Apple's Mac lineup fully transition from Intel to Apple Silicon. But software support will still come to Intel Macs for the foreseeable future. So if you really need a computer that badly, then yeah, go ahead and go for an Intel Mac. Plus, you know what you're getting into because all of the apps that you already know and love will be supported when you get that Intel Mac. Now, Apple Silicon is a bigger unknown because we don't know outside of the big players like Microsoft and Adobe, which Apple showed off at WWDC last week. We don't know what apps are going to be supported at launch for Apple Silicon Macs. So yeah, you get a sense of security when you get an Intel Mac because you know that when you get it, your apps will just work out of the box. But if you can wait, I would say if your computer is very old and maybe is approaching the end of its life cycle, then I would say to maybe wait a little bit until the Apple Silicon Macs come out. Like if you don't need one right now, and if most of what you do is based in the web, I would say wait for Apple Silicon. And that's simply because planned obsolescence will be less of a problem with Apple Silicon rather than Intel Macs. But if everything you do requires specialized app that we don't know is going to come to Apple Silicon at launch, then you know it may be better for you to go with an Intel Mac because, again, you'll know that your application is supported when you buy your Mac. But otherwise, if most of your workflow is based in the web, or based in Apple's first-party apps, then I would say just wait for Apple Silicon to ship. So if the chip inside is made by Apple and not Intel, then just wait for that Mac to come out and get that and verify that all of your apps are working properly because Safari, I mean, being the first-party Apple application, you know, that'll be supported on Apple Silicon Macs. So if your workflow is based in the web or based in just first-party Apple apps or even or things like Microsoft Office or Adobe Lightroom and Photoshop, because those are the only Adobe apps that we know of that work for Apple Silicon, then... Yeah, um, you know, go for Apple Silicon if your computer can hold off until then. But if it can't and you really, really need a Mac now, 
go for the Intel ones because they'll still be supported for the next few years. But yeah, that's going to do it for this topic. Let me know what you think of Apple's transition from Intel to their own silicon. Do you think it'll be successful? Do you think there'll be some growing pains along the way? Do you think that other operating system builders like Microsoft and Google should follow suit in building out their own processors for their entire computer line? Let me know on social media. And yeah, that's it for this topic. Up next, we'll get into Sony considering mature theatrical animation. Then after that, we'll get into YouTube TV's price increase and its effect on the TV industry. And then... We'll get into our Q&A with the DNT podcast. The Cells and Circuits podcast will return in a moment. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. So, I mean, doesn't get any cheaper than that. Second, There are creation tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm editing this podcast from a Chromebook using the web, so it's pretty easy to do. Um, If I can do it, you can certainly do it. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more services. So you don't have to go to each individual podcast service and distribute it yourself. It automatically does that for you. So that's pretty awesome. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, I mean, it's a pretty good way to make some money. Um, And then, last but not least, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app for iOS or Android or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started or download the app for iOS or Android today. Welcome back. And now it's time to talk about Sony and its consideration for more mature theatrical animation. And so for those of you who don't know, Sony Pictures Animation, They have been, like most Hollywood animation studios, mostly focused on kids' content up until this point. And so, you know, they've produced movies like the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs franchise, and and they also produced the Emoji movie, which wasn't very good. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've read enough reviews and watched enough reviews from people who have and just 
that's just a movie that I'm not going to see. But they also ended up making Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which, unlike your normal kids-focused cartoon, this one actually leaned a bit more towards older audiences and it had stuff that older audiences could enjoy. So I think that Sony is a studio that could pioneer the age of adult animated theatrical movies. But first, I wanted to discuss something that I had previously talked about in episode two of this show when I was talking with my friend Michael Crusoe about where animation is headed. I had said that in the very far out future that there would be theatrical adult animated movies and lo and behold Sony just a couple months after I had said that announced that it's going in that very direction. So while I was right about there being adult animated movies coming down the pipeline, I knew that was going to happen just based on how TV is going ever since the coronavirus pandemic had started, that movies would go that way as well. But I got the timeline completely wrong. But I think that it's a good thing that we're getting more adult animated movies. And so I discussed Sony's history with theatrical animation. And one movie that I forgot to mention earlier was Sausage Party. Because Sony uh, actually released that film. And it was an adult animated movie even though sony pictures animation didn't animate it sony was still the studio that released it and so they are not completely strangers to releasing adult animated films and so with the right talent i think that sony could very well be the perfect studio to pioneer the age of adult animated movies and i think that They have some talent that has really come into its own, especially within the past decade. Like, for example, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, two guys who had produced Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and also produced the Jump Street movies the previous decade. I think those two would be kind of the perfect talent to start up animated movie. I think that would do very well because of just the sheer amount of talent that those two have. I believe that those two could almost do no wrong. And also, Sony has Gendy Tartakovsky in their roster of talent because his contract with Sony is still not over yet. Even though he got dropped from Popeye, he still has some movies left in his contract. And so I think that he would be a perfect person 
to create an adult animated film for Sony, especially with his work on Samurai Jack Season 5 for Adult Swim and Primal for the very same network, Adult Swim. And if he could bring that level of artistry into the big screen whenever we get to go to those again without, you know, being at risk for the coronavirus, I think that there would definitely be some value to Sony in pursuing that, and I think a lot of people would turn out for that movie. Or even if they just wanted to release it through electronic cell platforms like most studios are doing now, I think that would work too. Or maybe partner with a streaming service like HBO Max or Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu, Disney Plus, something. Maybe not Disney Plus, but to provide some more mature leaning content to those platforms. And so, yeah, I think that Sony could definitely be the studio to pioneer the age of adult animated movies. And so, what do you think? Do you think that Sony is going in the right direction with producing more mature animated movies? Or do you think that they should just stick to kids' stuff? Let me know on social media. I'll have links in the show notes for you to do that. And yeah, that's going to do it for this topic. Up next, we'll get into YouTube TV's price increase and its effect on the TV industry. And then after that, we'll get into our Q&A with the DNT podcast. The Cells and Circuits podcast will be back after this. Welcome back. And now it's time to talk about YouTube TV's price increase and its effect on the TV industry. And so for those of you who don't know, YouTube TV increased its price to $65 per month up from $50 per month earlier. And so it's a $15 price increase. And this price increase is due to adding the rest of the Viacom CBS channels. And so eight of them are available right now on YouTube TV. And those channels are BET, CMT, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, Paramount Network, TV Land, and VH1. And so all of those channels are available now on YouTube TV. And the new price took effect on June 30th for new subscribers, while existing subscribers will see it on their next billing cycle either on or after July 30th. So I won't get the price increase until August since I'm also a YouTube TV subscriber. But this $15 increase is the biggest price increase that YouTube TV has had. It rose its price by 
five bucks per month um, in early 2018 when it added the Turner networks um, back then because it was pre AT and T, and so the original price of YouTube TV when it launched was thirty five dollars a month, but after it added the Turner networks. TBS, TNT, CNN, Adult Swim, Cartoon Network, True TV, and Turner Classic Movies, it rose to $40 a month. So that was a $5 price increase. And then the costs of YouTube TV went up again in 2019 to $50 per month when YouTube TV added Discovery's lineup of networks And so that was a $10 price increase. And so now we have a $15 price increase. And that's for eight of the Viacom CBS networks that they had just added. Though YouTube TV is also slated to get offshoots of those channel, of those Viacom CBS channels that they added earlier this week later on. And so... They'll be getting BET Her, MTV2, Nick Jr., Nick Tunes, Teen Nick, and MTV Classic in the future, even though they're not part of the YouTube TV lineup right now. And so all of those channels amounted to, you know, the $15 price increase. And a lot of people aren't happy about it, which, you know, rightfully so for a lot of people. Most of the Viacom CBS channels don't offer anything of value to the customer. And so people are pretty mad and they've probably canceled their YouTube TV subscriptions by now if they haven't already. But I think this speaks to a bigger problem that's going to happen across the industry because I think YouTube TV is going to be the first of many internet-based live TV services to increase its price. Um, In fact, we're already seeing other providers increasing their prices. So Fubo TV, which is a competing service to YouTube TV, increased its price to the same price as YouTube TV. So it's also 65 bucks. And for Fubo TV, it was originally $60. So it was originally more expensive than YouTube TV. So that's only a $5 price increase. Though I will say that the reason for the price increase for Fubo TV is that is that Fubo TV is actually getting the Disney networks. So Fubo TV is getting ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN3, ABC, ABC News Live, FX, FXX, Disney Channel, Freeform, and National Geographic. But the weird thing is Fubo TV, unlike YouTube TV, is set to lose the Warner Media channels. Um, so that includes TNT, TBS, Adult Swim, Cartoon Network, Boomerang, TN, or True TV, HLN, 
TCM, CNN Espanol, and CNN International. And so all of those networks will be gone from Fubo TV. And so in that case, that kind of makes it a weirder case because at least YouTube TV is keeping all of its content. So it makes sense for there to be a price increase. Whereas Fubo TV is gaining channels, but also losing channels in the process. So the price increase makes less sense in terms of Fubo TV. But I think that, like I said earlier, I think it's just going to be the beginning. Or YouTube TV and Fubo TV are just the beginning of what's going to be an industry-wide price increase for internet-based live TV services. And the reason for this is because of consolidation in the entertainment industry. So you have all of these mega mergers and acquisitions going on between the giants in the entertainment industry and the cable industry too, because the cable industry has a lot to lose with the public's transition from live TV to streaming. So like in recent years, you've seen cable operators also become content providers. So in that case, we've had Comcast buying out NBC Universal in 2011. And then we also had AT&T buying out Time Warner in 2018. And so those two companies would probably rather have you go to them for your cable needs rather than going to Google or Fubo TV. But you also have non-internet service providers getting bigger in order to combat tech giants like Netflix and Amazon. So, for example, Disney acquired most of 21st Century Fox last year in March of 2019. And later that year, in December, Viacom and CBS became one company under the name of Viacom CBS. And so that particular merger, the Viacom CBS merger, is the reason for the YouTube TV's price increase because now you have less players in the TV space owning more channels. And so they would rather have companies like Google and Fubo TV buy all of their channels rather than just some of them. And so with those entertainment giants owning much more of the TV content, that means that, you know, there's a price increase for Google having to buy those channels from the different entertainment giants like Disney and Warner Media and Viacom CBS and NBC Universal. And so now, because less players own more TV networks and are charging more because the amount of networks they own is so big, that is the reason why we're getting all of these price increases 
for internet-based live TV services. Now, there is one live TV service that committed to not increasing its prices, and that's Sling TV, which is owned by Dish. And so the difference between Sling TV and YouTube TV, for example, is that Sling TV offers a la carte options for their subscribers so they're able to keep their prices much lower. With Sling TV, you could get things like Sling Blue or Sling Orange, which are both $30 a month, which is less than half the price of both YouTube TV and Fubo TV, but you do get less channels. And because you get less channels, um, you get a lower price. And so you have more of a choice in the channels that you get to watch for Sling TV. Whereas with YouTube TV and Fubo TV, you get, for the most part, you get pretty much everything in the kitchen sink. It's either that or you don't get anything. And yeah, um, I think that this is going to be an even bigger problem to come. These price increases are going to be pretty standard across the TV industry for the foreseeable future. Those are just my thoughts. What do you guys think? Do you think that there will be more and more price increases or do you think that maybe some companies would reverse course you know due to there being a global pandemic that we're in the midst of what do you guys think i would like to know on social media and so yeah hit us up on social media and let's talk about it but that's going to do it for this topic Up next, we'll get into our Q&A with the D&T podcast, the Cells and Circuits podcast. We'll return in a moment. All right. Welcome back to the Cells and Circuits podcast. I am Chibeze Anakor, and I am here with two guests that I'm very happy to have on the show. And they are Aya and Daria from the D&T podcast. So welcome, Aria, or Aya and Daria. I'm sorry. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't even worry about it. God, no, it's uh, a God, whole, I fucked that it's up. It's a whole, um, like, totally understandable. So, <laughs> yeah, you can get them a little bit mixed up. Oh, man. <laughs> Gosh, that's embarrassing. Um, so, um, why don't you tell us what your podcast is about and give us a little bit of background on yourselves? All right. <laughs> For um, our listeners. Hi, I'm Daria. I'm one of the hosts of the D&D podcast where we discuss uh, a lot of things geeky and a lot of things drama tea um we just you know discuss everything we love and everything most of the stuff we have in common so uh yeah 
Yeah, that's a pretty good summary. Um, Amaya, I am the other host of the D&T podcast. And uh, yeah, that's um, we pretty much talk about anything we have interest in that is geeky or nerdy and things like that. It's, uh, it's fun. Awesome. I mean, we um, we love everything geeky and nerdy here. So, what are what are the geeky and nerdy things that you guys are into? It's a long <laughs> list. <laughs> it's a long list. Um, but so far, <laughs> we have talked about rom coms and D and D. We both are huge like D and D nerds, so we have talked about it twice now. Uh, the latest episode is about Pride Month. I am so sorry if you can hear my dog. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> the latest episode that is, is okay. actually uh, <laughs> about queer D&D characters. And, um, you know, in honor of Pride Month and all of that. Um, and we also, you know, sometimes talk about deeper issues uh, like feminism I think we did it for International Women's Day, and we've been mm-hmm. also thinking about doing an episode on mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, those things are also not off the table. So, yeah. Yeah, we That's pretty awesome. Like to encourage that type of conversation, um, like mental health. Uh, of course, we want to do more serious topics but for example feminism or things like that are really important to us so of course we want to bring things like that into what we do and make it something really important because like it's part of us and it's part of what we fight for and what we stand for so i don't think we can really separate uh our view sometimes from what we're talking about because even big or small your platform i think it's really important to bring those things out and give them like a louder voice maybe i don't know how to explain that no i think you did a really great job of saying that and you know that's something that we at or at least me since i'm a solo host um at the Cells and Circuits podcast, we also try and um, include messages about things like Black Lives Matter. Um, for me, being a Nigerian American man, I have to live with you know some of the um, injustices that come in this country and well, not just in this country, but around the world, really. And, you know, or bringing that to the Cells and Circuits podcast, um, no matter if it's um, just about, like, cartoons and technology, like, this is something that affects everybody, Um, or this is a human rights issue. And so, you know, some things, you know, may be a bit more important um, to talk about in um, in the current landscape of, you know, the world right now. And so I think it's good that, that you guys are, um, are bringing to life, uh, or bringing to light, um, those, 
those uh, social issues because they do need to be talked about, um, especially um, with with the LGBTQ um, issues, um, with uh, Pride Month having just recently passed, um, and you know feminism and women's rights, like. All of those things are really important. Like I, I and I don't want to diminish that um, in any way. Um, so I think that's pretty awesome um, that you guys we are doing really that. We really admire you also for talking about you know uh, Black Lives Matter and racism and all of those things. Like they are important. They need to be talked about, and sometimes we don't talk about them enough. But sometimes they also relate and interlap to our geeky culture and and what we see you know representation is always important no matter you know who is being represented and you know it's all about not um making any fights invisible and not like alienating anybody uh, from the conversation i think that's always the important part completely agree with that and so um and so now i kind of want to just like um get into um some of the um or some of the topics where our podcasts may intersect so um i and so i wanted to ask um since Cells and circuits, we're all about like animation and tech. I want to know what, um, or what kinds of cartoons do you watch? It could be anime, it could be like Western cartoons, anything. Um, so like which ones you grew up with, or which ones that you're currently watching, which ones that you're um, looking forward to. I, oh I would my. like to know that. <laughs> okay, so, like, I know that for, <laughs> for both of us, uh, both with Dari and me, it's, like, such a wide question because um, we have always been fans of animation and things like that. Um, and, uh, like, right. I started watching cartoons. Like, all my life I've watched cartoons. It's something that I've loved uh, all my life. <laughs> and... Uh, right now like and i had like an anime phase that was very strong that was all that i was watching and i think i mean i have a perpetual is, anime I, I phase kind of grew yes, out but, of it in quotation um, marks <laughs> for a while because i wasn't in, like surrounded by people that really didn't like that so it's kind of trying to blend in and survive ah, high school well, because you know that's just what you have to do in high school <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that's <laughs> i mean oh man that's completely understandable um but i mean did you at least like yeah, get back into it yeah it's not something that afterwards. i ever left and i'm so sorry if you can listen to the rain i wasn't expecting it to Poor like okay. this. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I can't even notice that. Or I didn't even okay, notice so until you I pointed think we're that in the out. Clear, but... <laughs> but yeah, uh, our city like has a tendency to Yeah. Like uh when it rains, like it pours 
big time so yeah it's an, it's an issue <laughs> but um so like uh i have always like liked anime and all of those things recently thanks to the pandemic i started watching so much mm -hmm. more anime than before because i was like oh i i really like those series like uh i don't really remember a lot of them so i just kind of rewatched a lot of anime that i watched when i was like maybe 10 oh my god <laughs> yeah right now like before we started recording i was watching soul eater which is one of my favorite series and i'm pretty sure it's more for nostalgia than anything it's a good anime it's a good anime oh, and i yeah. really think it deserved so much better than what it, it got and it i think is. it could definitely have like a full metal alchemist brotherhood type of deal yeah <laughs> Yeah, I I agree. Um, yeah, Soul Eater definitely yes. needs the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood treatment. Um, it's such a awesome anime, and and yeah, we we definitely deserved much was, better than Soul Eater. Like, not, that, but, I don't um, know who greenlit <laughs> that thing, but it's horrible. Like I just saw a bit of scenes of it, and I was like, you completely <laughs> killed Soul Eater. Like. The whole aesthetic that was, like, dark and dirty and Halloween-y, like, it got killed by Moe girls. I was so upset. We hate to see it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's, like, one of my favorite series, and I watched it because I was like, I really need more Soul Eater, and that ending was just not it. And I watched Soul Eater not, and I was like, I am more upset than when I came into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i didn't really get the whole like you know at least with the last part of soul eater it was like um i think the and it's been a long time since i watched it i last watched it on toonami in like 2013 so my memory is a bit hazy on it but um the last i remember of it it was like um i think the last um problem was solved by like bravery and er, had bravery had something that. to do with it i remember that it and felt it, so odd. something around that and i was i just thought it was it so like anti-climactic cop out it was like in some shows that it's just like friendship and you're like yeah why like, what the hell that had nothing to do with anything <laughs> 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 yeah, so right oh my god um, <laughs> getting back to our original topic instead soul of just eater. ranting about oh, soul man. eater like i can do all the time uh yeah the um, like things from cartoon network also those were a big thing i think for everyone of course I'm a huge Toonami fan myself, so I completely know what you're talking about. Um, I tend to talk about Toonami a lot on this podcast now. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I think but yeah, both um, and I watch a lot of things that were on Toonami, but we never actually got Toonami. Because if anyone know, like, if you don't know, uh, we're from Mexico, so a lot of things never got here. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. 
Not oh, even the no. Latin American version? No, I'm pretty God sure over there's there? a bunch oh, of man. anime that was on Toonami that we never actually got a translation. There's, I don't think Full Metal Alchemist has a, an English, tra- like, a, I'm sorry, English, oh my god, Spanish tra- translation. Uh, yeah, I don't no, think. it doesn't. I've never so found either it. doesn't have a Spanish translation. Um, well, what else was on Toonami? Oh my god. Oh, damn. Um, yeah. It's quite. Yeah, it's there a, was it's a lot of anime. It's quite a lot that's, of that's anime. That's exactly what um, I'm thinking, but <laughs> no, we never got that, and <laughs> they never translated to Spanish. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so there's huh. there's a lot of things that we never got uh, through TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But on things yeah. that we did. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, like the normal cartoons yeah. are all translated. Yeah, I, um, I started, well, my whole journey with animation has been from very young, especially because my mom was a very uh, strong Hanna-Barbera fan from a really really young age so she like loved to pass that on to my sister and i um yeah and so i grew up That's with awesome. the flintstones and oh i don't remember the name of the family in the future in yep. english but you know that the what jetsons the jetsons yeah and the jetsons <laughs> You know, all of those things I I grew up with. And also, you know, my own thing. I think my first ever anime was Mew Mew Power. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I am not ashamed of saying that. Because I loved the fuck out of that show. But I don't think I ever watched that. (laughs) But I did. I did watch it. I believed I was Ichigo for like half my life uh, as a kindergartner. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I would dress in pink just because i thought i was ichigo um and when the whole like thing where she might have had a thing for the villain but the villain definitely had a thing for her i was so conflicted but at the same time i was like i'm living for this even though i was just like five years old um i watched avatar the last airbender (laughs) and yeah I, I think we oh, all yes. do. It's such a good show. That's been, yes. It is. And um, and that's a topic that I recently discussed on um, the Cells and Circuits podcast, is that um, Avatar has really been getting a lot of more of a um, resurgence of interest in it because of its debut on Netflix, um, or I guess it's, uh, it's resurgence yes. on Netflix. Yeah, it um, was on Netflix already. Because it was on I Netflix before, but in now. Netflix in Spanish, they didn't yeah. give it away until after it was released. It, it's really weird how they work with different countries because I remember Avatar was always there and I would always like constantly rewatch it even if it was just you know to put them put to put it in the background as i was doing other stuff um and it was always there and then one day it wasn't and then people were like oh yeah yeah, it's back and i was like but was it ever gone (laughs) and then they put up like a a limit date again (laughs) like oh it's going away on september 19th and i was like 
what are you doing? Yeah, but they, uh, I think in, like, at least Netflix in Mexico, they, they tend to take it back, like, take it away and put it again. It's such a weird thing with Avatar. But, um, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's, um, had, like, a very big resurgence, like, re- yeah, mm. on, on people's minds, because I think there was a, a good period of, of time in which no one talked about Avatar, and all of a sudden, like, uh, everyone was talking about Sula and Suko and things like that, and I was like, mm-hmm. what? Or they talked about it, but not, like, the... And the cabbages. ...show... Uh, on its own they usually used it as a point of reference for other shows uh which has happened a lot throughout this past decade (laughs) um you know people comparing it to voltron (laughs) obviously the legend of korra uh she-ra the dragon prince because it has the same uh main writer and stuff like that you know uh so yeah right no, that's a that's a very good point. Um, because yeah, we're seeing like in real time people talking about like you know, or people making memes about Avatar, especially like the cabbages. The cabbages um, are such an icon just, from Avatar. And, <laughs> <laughs> it, it really, they really don't get the or they didn't get the credit yeah. that they deserved until now um and and it's a really awesome show because like a lot of the main characters even the antagonists um you know grow and that's and that's something that i think or avatar is a show that can transcend generations and like millennials like us love it. Um, and Gen Z is starting to like it too. Um, no, and so we're going to start watching it. And so it's really nice seeing. <laughs> and now like the older generations like Gen X and maybe even some boomers it wouldn't, be a, bad idea. It. It wouldn't be a bad idea could you imagine I mean it wouldn't especially since um, it definitely reflects the world today like it's more of a timely show now than it was in 2005 when it premiered um, so, and it's it, it's so fun that you oh okay, and so um, oh so go after ahead. that, I think I stopped like around when I was eleven, twelve. I think I stopped uh, watching anime or or cartoons in general, especially because I had a very toxic preppy friend that you know considered that to be child's play. Um, so I sort of stopped watching and then i got into middle school and i got back to it and you're gonna punch me for this but i got back into anime because of sword out online (laughs) no no i think i actually told you about it okay no wait wait, wait. okay 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 okay. listen to us listen to us (laughs) i know it sounds so cringy and looking back at it now we have both agreed like it was dark times for us, but um, so when I t- well, so okay, 
Okay, so uh, I am starting to talk so fast. Just getting me nervous. Oh my god. So okay, yeah, remember that I said that I watched like Soul Eater. Uh, so it was. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Okay, so the thing is, when I turned like ten, something like that, I realized what anime was, and um, so. And this is a really weird thing. I started watching anime, knowing it was anime, with Mirai Nikki. And then I watched Sword okay. Art Online. Because I was 10. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Okay. It's just, I just get really anxious saying that. I mean, yeah. okay. You were 10. All right. You, yeah, you we were, were 10. Cringy so I'll, I'll kids, give you like... a pass. <laughs> Yeah. I'll give you a so, pass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched Sword Art Online and then was like um, Soul Eater and like a bunch of shows that everyone was talking about. Uh, so uh, I changed schools when I was like 12 and uh, that's where I met Daria. Hi. Um, yeah, and I started to get her into a bunch of things because uh, <laughs> like we were in the same classroom. So like I would tell her like, Hey, like watch this series or I also got her really into Vocaloid. Like I was the bad yeah. influence in this relationship. Um <laughs> she broke so me. She broke me. I broke her completely cuz I remember she was like more of this um normal stuff. Uh like she liked all the things that everyone liked. That it's not a bad thing. Let's let's be honest. Very but clear. like mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not bad, but when yeah, you were bad. that age, of course, there was, like, a mold for what everyone liked. And I just came out of nowhere, like, hey, I like anime. Yeah, and... I was, like, a Disney fanatic. Like, I, I wouldn't <laughs> dare touch Eastern stuff. Uh, people would talk ab- to me about K-pop, and I would be like, nope, don't want to hear it. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, I was like K-pop, Vocaloid, <laughs> J-pop, Special K, all of the stuff. And then I was, I, like, I was, you were, I was a wee, I was deep, and <laughs> and I remember I met her and I was like sharing all of these things that I liked because I was twelve. I really didn't. Also, like I got it. It happened really weird because when I was. 12 I was very confident in the things I liked and then I started to get really like shy about it and all of a sudden it went back again it was a weird curve um well we got back to it with sword out online then we realized it was bullshit and we were like I'm outie um and then (laughs) Yeah, but I remember I told her, like, hey, you should watch this and this and this and this and, yeah. like, a bunch of shows. You have and to admit, the premise is fun. The premise for Sword Art Online is, really is good. so fun. No, I no, I, I will admit the that the premise of Sword Art is Online garbage. is fun. It's just... To be honest, the, the first art wasn't that oh, bad until they introduced Yui, which I was like, what? Yeah. Like, oh, my I, God. I think it was going really well, and all of a sudden they had Yui, and I was like, okay, no, you fucked up. Yeah. And it was the whole just... fairy arc was, like, <laughs> plummeting down. Like, it was oh downhill God. from there, so... We were like, okay, yeah, I'm outie. 
Uh, oh my god. <laughs> but when I was like 10, I was like, yes, fairies. <laughs> Honestly, I would play that game and any then, day. Yeah. But like as a series, I was just so upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh man, I, I still... Uh, this gives me flashbacks to when I was Wait, watching that was on Toonami. Um, and, um, here in the U.S., it is, or it was oh. on Toonami, oh. um, or it came on back exactly. in 2013, I believe. Oh my god, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, <laughs> um, so Toonami came back in... 2012 on Adult Swim here in the U.S. and um, has been airing ever since um, every Saturday night. Um, And so, like, right now they have, like, um, My Hero Academia. They have um, Paranoia Agent, Mob Psycho 100. We never got that. No. The only thing of anime that you will watch on TV here in Mexico is probably Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, that, yeah. that sounds about Sailor right. Moon if you're lucky. <laughs> oh, if you man. have like, cable, like, fancy cable. Depends um, on the channel, but yeah. it's not very likely you will it's have not, that. It's not common. Or like the Zodiac Knights? Saint Seiya. Yeah. Yeah. I was like oh, thinking Saint Seiya? Because I remember in Spanish. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> That's why I did like a direct translation. Like, but Oh no, yeah. like I, I, I think, hear I think we're like the only country <laughs> no, that I hear actually has people that are fans of Saint Seiya. Cause I don't think even in Japan they know a lot about it. I yeah. I <sighs> Well, I mean in Japan, um, or actually, I should say, I know that um, that Saint Seiya is very popular within the Latin American um, communities. Um, and so, like, or the um, the Latinx communities. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, and so I know that like people from from different countries in that region um have seen saint sands like huge 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 there um and i think that's why netflix wanted to um like i guess reboot it um and and they have um like the new saint saya series which i haven't seen yet but um um, I've been meaning to um, go and watch it to see what's, um, or to see, you know, what made it so appealing to the Latinx audiences. Because um, here in America, we got Knights of the Zodiac, which was like a edited, like chopped up to all hell version that sure aired they, on like, Cartoon aired Network. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was the same thing with uh, Dragon Ball Z. Like you would yeah, see I... splashes of blood like on screen on public television, and we were like, "Oh yeah, that's cool, that's normal." Yeah, yeah, and it got edit or it got edited here um, most times when it 
when it aired, at least until, like, maybe... At least until Toonami got uh, DBZ Kai back in 2014, then, um, yeah. then those edits stopped. But other than that, like, Dragon Ball in any way, shape, or form on television was definitely edited in most cases. And so... Yeah, it's or that's a pretty common thread, and I hear Sailor Moon was the same way, um, at least um, in the Latin American audiences. Yeah. It was more uncut, whereas here it was edited and they censored some things like um, the queer relationship between. Um, two of the characters in there. Yeah, they make um, them cousins, and, and I was like, "How like is that. this better?" <laughs> yeah, and, and um, the yeah. way that they act with them, yeah, I... like, how can you be cousins? How how is that better? How is ju- well? I mean, I, I, Sweet Home Alabama, right? You know, I, <laughs> go off. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I think, but it was still censored because, you know, yeah. Um, the time it was airing in, it was complicated. Yeah, nineties were a weird time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were definitely weird. Uh, (laughs) The two thousands were weirder, I think, on a completely different way. Yeah. And then. And then it started to like, just die down. I started in going into high school. I got a very weeb best friend who didn't give a single flying fuck about what anyone said about him. Uh, literally, there were rumors that people suspected that he would, you know, one day show up and shoot up the entire school. Uh, that never happened, but th- the rumors were there. Oh. And, you know. Uh, oh, wow. yeah! <laughs> I was thinking, okay, okay, sorry. I, the thing is, I know this person, and I was, like, thinking, who was she talking about? And he showed me a whole new world of anime. He, okay, uh. the thing is, he was more of the, <laughs> on the adult side. Yeah, or the niche um, part. He showed me, I think, oh. Guilty Crown. And your line April, even though that's not as niche. Um, he showed me a bunch, like a bunch of different anime that I he he showed me uh Chunibyo and you know a He bunch went of... really nice on oh, you. Man. I've heard... Yeah. <laughs> the I've the heard... type of things Okay, so I've heard... since I was apparently more into it, uh he started showing me like more edgy shows and things like that and i was like i don't want to see this <laughs> and I, I was just like okay don't recommend this to me i'm oh, not gonna man. watch it I, i'm gonna stay over here watching my wholesome uh. anime yeah but i remember he would like read uh edgy manga on class and i was like you you boy really want to get detention or something like and the teachers knew the worst part is the teachers knew exactly what he was doing and they didn't care he was playing with fire so much (laughs) 
Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could have, you know, been on that level of just not giving I don't a know. fuck. But I have um, no idea. But no, I um I was more into the action anime. Um as someone who grew up on things like Toonami and like and stuff like and I usually and even when I see fan service in anime, I kind of yeah. cringe. But I mean, in most cases, but like I, like well, I'm starting to do less of that because I'm trying to see it from a point of view where, like you know, because Japan has like a lot of you know declining birth rates and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and that's why they yeah. put all. Dude, just sprinkle yeah, I, a little I, I bit of sexy in But there. at the same time, you're like, why? Just... Yeah. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, you... <laughs> Especially if you watch things like oh, High School no, of the Dead. Just, um, yeah, oh, fan man. service all around. That's, like... The zombies, you, zombies yeah. and fan yeah. service. That's literally the whole show. Like, when they do... Even the tiniest bit of fun service on Boku no Hero. Because it's like, this. these are minors. Should I remind everybody that these are minors? Yeah. teachers that we shouldn't... Mm, mm, I don't love it. I don't love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, uh, I man. I, yeah. I've watched everything, so for me, fan service is sometimes like too cringy, or you just are numb to it at some points. Because mm-hmm. I go like on uh, seasons in which I'm just like watch a bunch of anime that has a bunch of fan service and get it over with. So, for example, No Game No Life, I was like, why am I watching yeah. a minor? Yeah, No Game No Life was one of those. Um, I love you. Yeah. I am a big sucker for BL, so hi, it's me, a Fujoshi, and I will never deny it. I, mean. <laughs> I wear that thing like a crown. Uh, so I, I mean, was, like I got used to that type of fan service also, because I was like, okay, let's get it over with. I mean, nothing wrong with that, you know. You know, some people are more in touch with their side. I'm still trying to, you know, find a way to try at least be somewhere in the middle of, you know, just being completely opposed to fan service um, than to, um, you know, you know, fully embrace it. I'm trying to be somewhere close to the middle but still leaning towards like the yeah. the being yeah, i think there's certain it. series um, for cause... it that you go into it and you know what's gonna happen which is like okay i signed up for this like but there's certain like uh, what you're yeah. saying like, and like if... here i think it's like not necessary at all it adds nothing to the plot or the characters no. or even nah. just does anything they are minors <laughs> again <laughs> like no thing yeah like i i think we can all agree yeah. that Manetta is trash yes i, I think yes we can he all is. <laughs> I, don't, 
So. No, <laughs> no thank you. Like, just like, fan service is kind of like. Is, at first, I was his... like, okay, fine, you're the pervert. Whatever. Like, sure, go stay in your corner. But the minute, the minute he tried to act <laughs> on it, on the, on the, um, on the spring, like, when they were on camp, and he, like, tried to climb over to the girl side, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, okay, you oh can my holes, God. you can be an asshole, you can tell them all these sexy, like, uncomfortable, like, things, which I'm still not okay with, but fine. Fine, fine, fine. Whatever. It's still not acting on those perverted thoughts or those perverted, like, things. It's just, you know, a thing. The minute he started climbing that wall, I was like, what are you doing? What? What are you? No. No. Oh, my and, God. Yeah. And people love, like, people I, love I, I, I don't to, like, to compare Kaminari <laughs> to him. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, Kaminari, yeah, he, like recognizes that women have certain attributes that attract him but he's not an asshole about it he doesn't even comment on it as much as mineta do does and by the way he has never ever disrespected any of the girls in that sense and neither has he ever acted on it in a predatory way mineta has <laughs> so let's not pretend that that doesn't exist <laughs> yeah yeah, he... No, Mineta. No, he's... I think there's nah, we a just character don't. like that in those shows. Or, but, but, like, you were talking about it and I was thinking. Um, I am for example, disgusted. I, I, uh, the, the first uh, character that came to <laughs> mind was in Baca de Test. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, there was... The, Specifically, I, like this guy I that was just full on perv, that I think he was carrying his camera all the time. And I was just like, what is the point of you? And funny enough, like, uh, <laughs> I think most of the fan service of that show came from a trap. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Oh. Oh. Oh, man. Um. I, I, you see, now that, now you've told me these things, now I feel like I have to watch it now, <laughs> just to see, just to see where, where this, where, um, that show leads, because I think Baca, it's Baca and Tess, yeah, you said? Yeah, I, I don't know the name. I've heard, like, yeah, because I've heard of it. I remember it was Baca do, do Test, like that. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing it like shit, but that's the way. Yeah. No, I think here in English it's Something called like uh, Baca and Test. Um, so, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, I will definitely watch I it. I think, think it's on so. Funimation. There's a bunch of shows in Funimation. So, I... I yeah. And so, I'll, I'll give that a watch. Um just to see what you were what you were talking about because or now I'm interested um but I, I wanted to also um talk about like so what kind of 
or what kind of tech do you guys use on a daily basis or or what's or what are like the technologies that you find um really um or that you either just can't live without or like you just um or that you just find yourself well yeah just find yourself using okay, on a daily so basis let's just go Aya is that. a fancy bitch who has an ipad um <laughs> and procreate <Okay>. so <laughs> okay okay i don't have the privilege to say that uh, <laughs> I don't work for Ooh. those things. I know, I know, I know, I know. I work for Spilling those types of things. Like I, I'm not shy to say that, but um, yeah, I, I have to admit it, it's some kind of expensive stuff. But uh, like I save money for that type of thing, so I can work with that. I mean, hey, you know, nothing wrong with that. Um, so like you, you say you use procreate, yeah, I, I um, on your iPad, was that yeah. how you, oh, no, oh, was that how you made your avatar? Uh, I, I, I have, like, I have an avatar. It's just ah, okay. in process still. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to change okay. it. Okay. Cause I was, I was kind of wondering I was wondering how you guys made your avatars because they look nice. Oh, hers is Mine's drawn, just like, very full drawn. Uh, mine <laughs> isn't. I made it with an app because I found it more comfortable. I think I'm going to change it and be sitting, like around these days because I have I, I decided to create my own avatar for the internet because, you know, I'm just like that. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so, it's in process. It's actually, I've helped uh, Daria a long time now. So, I've had avatars for a couple, oh, like, years now. I just wanted to, since I stopped having, like, helping her and things like that. So, I decided to work on, on that same avatar. Just uh, change a couple of things. So, for example, when I created her, it had, like, uh long turqu turquoise hair I, I said that so weird um so now it's just like having her <laughs> with uh, brown hair and the tips are turquoise and things like that so it's like changing the same avatar that i had before uh i actually think i have some drawings of her i think i can look through them uh yeah, but I, uh, I'm not oh. the greatest at drawing, really. I just... You just need practice. Work around Stop it. it. Yeah, it's just uh, a lot of practice. I mean... I mean, yeah, like... Practice um, will definitely get you... Will definitely get you there. Um, and I can't draw myself, um, so... Um, I like, or one way I've been spending quarantine is just coloring drawings that other people have done. Um, but um, I appreciate art from afar. I can't create it. Hey, if you ever want to see me, you can commission me. Um, 
So Okay, I just sent you a picture of my avatar, like the one I created <laughs> for myself. So, yeah. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I draw with that, and as far as um, things I use every nice. day, well, my phone and my iPad is two main ones, because uh, that quarantine lifestyle is just the way you have to live, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, <laughs> and so do you use... And so I know you um you said you use your iPad as a drawing device. Um um but do you also use it as like a media consumption device? Like do you um you know find yourself streaming things from like Netflix and yeah. other streaming services on there a uh, more while yeah, we're uh, all in quarantine. Kind of, uh, the reason I decided to go with uh, using my app, like the iPad and an Apple Pencil, because I think it's kind of a two-in-one that you can use it for mm-hmm. games or streaming or things like that. And also it has the whole side that you can draw with it. So that was kind of, for me, the bonus, but I, th- I know there's a lot yeah. of people that would much rather have like a Cintiq or like any kind of drawing tablet. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's more comfortable dream. for them, uh, but uh, it's not just that's uh, just not my style. Maybe. I think my sister, because um, she's an artist, she uses a Wacom yeah, tablet, um, and so I think most people start with that. Um, I think it's an Intuos yeah. Draw, something like that. There's a whole story to that tablet. Uh, <laughs> Because I bought it off of my best friend, the wee one. Uh, he got a little too drunk one night and ended up in the hospital. And um, uh-huh. he didn't have any money to pay the oh. hospital bills. So he told me, like, hey, uh, I sell you my... How about I sell you, like, my drawing tablet and you give me that money and I use that money for my medical bills. And I was like... I will take it, but I am still disappointed. <laughs> oh, man. So it came from there, and ever that... since then, like. Oh my gosh. Wow. Something like that. Almost like that. I've used it. Uh, I tried a bunch of different programs with it. I tried Paintful Sai. I tried. Uh, Krita, uh, even Photoshop, but eventually I found this little program called Fire Alpaca. Uh, it's free, and ever since I found mm-hmm. it and first tried it out, I have gotten very like used to it, and I use it on a daily basis for everything. That's awesome. And so, and so you're, I mean, while you're, uh, <laughs> I guess your drawing tablet may have come from a very difficult situation. Um, I'm glad that, um, that you're able to, um, you know, use it and, 
And I believe um, you said that you yeah, created a, your avatar challenge um, that I did a yourself months ago when that was still like trendy, kind of. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, that was. I, I did it. Yeah. So half of it is my actual face. Half oh. of it is it's drawn <laughs> in there. That that's so awesome, like. Yeah, and see, like stuff like that is why I wish I could draw. Um, just so I could um, draw I my favorite characters, and you know, draw myself. Um, but I mean, yeah, it is never too late to start. You're right, um, and that, and like, I've never been very strong artistically, um, so. Um, I think that with some practice, I could probably um, at least start to um, start to at least get the feel of it. And like you and I, um, you and I, uh, um, y'all do really good um, drawings. At least way better than I could do. Um, and so I just wanted to um, talk about about or we mentioned earlier about like the social issues and like um you know feminism and uh lgbtq rights and so i wanted to kind of relate that to um at least like cartoons in a way because um earlier um or i should say um, in a pre, in an earlier episode of this show, um, I had talked with my friend um, about like where animation is going and where we're seeing now um, underrepresented voices um, in animation. Like we're talking, uh, or we're seeing more like black yes. people in animation. We're seeing more. Um, LGBTQ um, people in animation. Um, we're, we're seeing, a, we're getting a lot um, more people into or of different backgrounds into animation, and thus getting more diverse shows like yeah. Kipo and the Age <laughs> of Wonder Beasts. Um, like um, we're getting um, and. The recently renewed uh, Tuca and Birdie. Um, they finally renewed and it. We're getting, you know. I am so happy. Um, yeah, season two will be coming. You just made to... her hold <laughs> Season oh, two. I'm will... so sorry. It's just they canceled it, and they said they canceled it, and that they weren't gonna renew it, and now they are, and I'm just oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> You just made her whole week. Yeah, um, I'm glad. <laughs> and so um, Adult Swim here in the U.S. Um, announced that they were going to renew Tuka and Birdie for a second season after Netflix had canceled it. And so um, we, we know that's coming it. next year um, to Adult Swim. Um, yes. 
we do. Uh, I just recently started watching season one right after that announcement, and yeah, it's a pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome show, um, and so I'm very happy yeah. that it got saved from cancellation. Um, <laughs> and so I want, and so I wanted to know, like, what um, your thoughts of like seeing underrepresented voices um, in animation, um, or how has that impacted you? Um, you know, what, or where do you think that, um, the animation industry, um, will be going, um, you know, because of this, like, I want to know what your thoughts Um, are. I think it's, I think we're stepping into the right direction, um, ironically enough, uh, I think we're, um... (laughs) going to a place where people are going to feel more and more represented and it's something that I uh, told Aya uh, I think like a month ago when when She-Ra ended uh, where I said you know She-Ra is everything that Voltron wished it was um, at least in terms of like LGBTQ representation (laughs) uh, because they did us so dirty they did us so (laughs) dirty freaking dirty and i just oh we hate to see it um you know all types of representation on that show just (laughs) were horrible people felt horrible um you know not just the lgbtq kind the fact that they made lance a farmer the fact that alora died in the first place um spoilers much it doesn't matter. The show is over. <laughs> so, honestly, you don't need to watch the show. Exactly. If you were feeling exactly. like watching Voltron, I am saving you the trouble. Watch, watch anything else. Uh, like, yeah. Jumping if anything, in, I am what? saving you the trouble of telling you this is what happens to the only black woman in this entire show. Please do not watch it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, so, I was, I yeah. was very so, okay, upset. Jumping a little bit on what, you, to, what Dari is saying. So that I, it, something that I told her, like I think, Voltron tried to, chime, like put everything in the in the series, but never fully developed anything. So you feel like all the characters have one character, like they have one character trait. So, of course, whatever happens to them, it's like so like meaningless because you're boiling boiling down a, a, right what can be basically a person into one thing so for example what they did to i think his name was shiro oh my god i'm forgetting all the character things so for example they yeah. like, shiro was uh could have <laughs> been like this big leader and um like this brave man and all of those things but Towards the end, they were just like, he's the gay character. And it's like, yeah, but he's so much more than that. And I I think the problem was like, oh, yeah, and he's the woman of color, and he's the Latino, and like this and that. So it's like... Keith is a Havgara, so we have a a whole like thing about biracial issues. And I'm like, so why? (laughs) And it felt just like you're making these characters like 
one thing. They could be diverse and full of things, like a lot of characteristics to them, and so like rich in terms of uh, mm-hmm. like their backstories and the way they grow and all of that. But at the end, they just were like, "Oh no, he's that," and it's like that's exactly what we don't want. I think mm-hmm. most of the things that happen to the characters wouldn't have been a problem. If they would have felt like characters. Yeah. Because <clears throat> if, like, for example, what happened right. to Alora, like, I think it would have been very minif- meaningful if we had met Alora further from what we did. I think what happened to Adam wouldn't be so, like, oh, yeah, he's dead. And it's like, gee, thanks. He was on every single po- poster and he's, like, two scenes and he's dead. Like... I think what happened to Adam would have been so much more meaningful if we had known him, if we had felt like he was so much more than just, like, something that they added to, like, oh, yeah, we're just checking every single representation box. Like, I don't think there's a problem with uh, queer characters dying, uh, people of color dying. Like, as long as they feel real like what they're doing is meaningful what they're doing is real like they are part of this world they are part of the story they're not just like one thing and that's it mm-hmm. which again i i feel like shira right. accomplished in a way that voltron just couldn't or didn't care to do um you know the fact that adora and katra you know all of these dynamics and and complex relationships we have all of these uh characters of color and queer characters of color i think the only group that uh we don't really get to see is trans people um i think that's a whole issue onto itself Mm. but i think um you know they are still part of the lgbtq uh so you know, erasing them from that is not the greatest thing. Shira does have uh, trans characters. The one that comes to mind as much as it does is Double Trouble, uh, who is non-binary, and everyone in the show, no matter what side they are on, addresses them as they, them, uh, and that's never an issue. Like, there's not a whole misgendering plot line, which also, I think, a lot of people tend to do when they have trans characters um it's it's actually Hmm. you know refreshing seeing especially kids cartoons approach these topics and these things not just as something normal but as well as something that is respected um you know even if this person you don't like or right. you're, you don't agree with them um at the end of the day misgendering does nothing for anybody so uh the fact that they have this on a kid's cartoon is like oh my goodness thank you noel stevenson we love a queen um <laughs> <laughs> and again i i think we're stepping into the the right direction um i just think you know there's there's still a long ways to go but that's that's to expect with not just the media but 
the world in general, so. Yeah, um, I, or I think, or both of you made really great points, and that kind of opened up a new perspective, especially on Voltron, um, for me, um, as someone who is, or who isn't in the LGBTQ, um, community, like, that, um, I, of course, didn't see Voltron that way, but, um, or in the way that Aya had mentioned, um, but now, you know, I'm like, huh, they could have done that a little bit better, couldn't they? Um, and so it's great to have that perspective, and I appreciate you, you both, um, in providing, um, that perspective, and, um, and yeah, I think that's going to do it. Um, and so, um, Aya and Daria, thank you for being on. I really enjoy talking to you both. You both seem like awesome people. Um, and hopefully this will be the first of many collabs that yeah, we have. Yeah, that would be um, amazing. And, um, <laughs> and so... And so, um, where can people find you, um, on the um, internet? Well, uh, you can find me everywhere as Daria or at D-X-R-I-I-A. Um, I'm everywhere as that. We have the DNT podcast pages, uh, just search Dorks and T. Um, and I think Aya you can find on uh, at yeah. Aya underscore Kitsune everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. That's my at everywhere. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much everywhere that you can find us. We have pretty much every social media. That doesn't mean we use all of them. <laughs> it uh, It's there. <laughs> that it is used is another thing. Yeah, uh, but you can find us on Instagram. We have one picture. <laughs> there, there, that's it. Uh, well, yeah, we're more active on Twitter, so follow us at, I think it's the DNT podcast on Twitter. Uh, the or ad is Dorks and Tea, but if you search the DNT podcast, awesome. it's probably also gonna pop up. Um, yeah, um, yeah, so the best way to reach awesome. us is basically to through twitter and yeah we're also on anchor uh dorks and t so check us out awesome um i will have links to all of those um places where you can find aya and daria and the dnt podcast in the show notes Aya, Dario once again thank you for being on um, and that's it for the, for this topic um, thank, thank you so much thank you, thank you for, for having, having us, us. <laughs> that wasn't planned no <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't planned but um, we'll leave it in there thank you
All right, and that should or and that's it for the recording, at least for my podcast. So, yeah. All right. Sandra Bland, Terrence Crutcher, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile. Mike Brown, Alton Sterling, Ahmad Arbery, Walter Scott, Brianna Taylor, Eric Harris, George Floyd, Tony Robinson, Keith Childress, Romaine Brisbane, Betty Jones, Tamir Rice, Kevin Matthews, Laquan McDonald, Michael Noel, Michael Brown Jr., Roy Nelson, Eric Garner. These are just some of the names of people who have been murdered by police and have gotten either a slap on the wrist or have gotten away with committing such a heinous crime scot-free. If you are an American, or even if you're not an American, you should be outraged by this, as I am. This cannot continue to happen, and it speaks to a very long history of racism and police brutality here in the United States of America and also in other countries as well. Police brutality is not a U.S. exclusive problem. It's happening around the globe. So how can you help stop this? Well, you can go and protest, but be very peaceful about it, of course. And if you don't want to go to the protests, that's fine. You can also donate to many different charities that are helping with the cause. If you can't do that, you can also sign petitions to help the cause as well and share those petitions. And for all of these suggestions that I've made, you can do all of them and encourage your friends and family to do the same because staying silent is staying complicit and we cannot stay complicit any longer. This change needs to happen now. And so I just want to leave you with this message. Black lives matter. Always and forever. All lives cannot matter until black lives matter. Remember that. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And also, big thanks to Aya and Daria from the DT podcast for joining me on this episode. And thank you for listening once again. 
while you're staying inside, staying at home, staying safe, wearing a mask, following the CDC and WHO guidelines for COVID-19. And also, if you want to support the Black Lives Matter movement, I will have a link in the show notes for you to do that. But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm Chibeze Anakor, signing off. Thank you.